Hello friends, you're watching another episode of Green New Perspective Podcast, a webcast series dedicated to sustainability. In today's episode, we're excited to have Nora Eslander, Head of Communications and PR at RenewCell, a Swedish company that promotes sustainability and circularity within the fashion industry. They have developed an innovative technology that can recycle textiles and transform them into a high-quality pulp called circulose. This innovative process represents a significant significant step forward in the pursuit of more circular practices within the fashion industry. So, whether you're a fashion professional or someone who just cares about the environment, this episode is definitely for you. Tune in and join us as we explore the wonderful and exciting world of sustainable fashion. Green New Perspective podcast. Um, Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's really uh, lovely having you. And um can you tell us a little bit about the history of RenewCell and how you got it started? Sure, yeah. So RenewCell was actually founded back in 2012 um, by some scientists at the Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm. Um, and they started to research about a process for how to um, recycle the cellulose in textiles. So they wanted to figure out a way to save the textile waste that everybody thought was waste, but they saw great potential in actually using it uh, for something else. So that's that's how it started. Together with some entrepreneurs, they founded the company back in 2012. And then there's been uh, many years of kind of research development up to the point where we're at today, where we're commercial scale factory. But um, can you explain the process behind RenewCell's technology? Um, how does that work? Of because course. I mean, it's well, an innovation. Yeah, we don't have um, much textile to textile recycling companies today in the world. No, unfortunately not. But we're getting there and more is coming. Uh, but at RenewSo, we have a specific technology or a process for how to um, recycle the cellulose in textiles. So that means we can take in cotton and viscose textile waste. Um, and it goes through different steps in our process where it ends up as a dissolving pulp that we've chosen to call circulose. So circulose is basically pure cellulose, uh, and it's a raw material that you put back into the production of textile fibers and yarns, and, and, and then it's spun into new fabric. So we're really just a raw material producer, um, but instead of using cotton or trees to produce uh, the material, we use 100% textile waste instead. And how does your technology differ from other textile recycling methods? Because, you know, um, recycling is uh, um, always like, um, let's say, equated with downcycling um, or, um, you know, like things like that, or, uh, re mechanical recycling or downcycling. So how does your process works? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's one of the keys to, um, and the foundation for the company is, that um, enabling of quality. So our uh, process is built in a way where we're separating the fibers so that we don't shorten the length of the fibers. So usually when you have mechanical recycling of cotton, uh, you shred the material um, mechanically, and that means that you're shortening the length of the fibers. And in turn, that will affect the um, end quality of the garment that you produce with those fibers. But what we do is you can say that we take it one step further and one step back because we're uh, going back to the raw material of the pulp. 
um, and the way that we separate it chemically and mechanically is is really the key here because it allows us to keep the same quality to the raw material which means that the next step which is fiber production um, is the exact same fiber uh, so that there's no real difference the only difference is the way that we produce the material for it Great. And um, how do you collect the textile waste? Is it from another factories, like textile factories, or from the citizens? Or both? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's both, but we don't do any of the sorting or, uh, ourselves. So we buy it pre-sorted, uh, which means that we have to work with established uh, sorting and, and collectors around the world that does that for us. So um, we currently source for 95% to... Um, 99 or 100 percent cotton, um, mm -hmm. and then we can have a tolerance for a few percentages of other materials. If there's a couple of percentages of elason in there, for example, um, so we buy it um, large volumes. We we sign agreements with these collectors for volumes for to come to secure that we have the feedstock that we need now as we're scaling. And how do you ensure that materials produced from recycled textile waste um, meet the high quality and safety standards? Um, I mean, you could say, as I've been mentioning as well, that since we're this drop-in product where the rest of the supply chain is really the same, that means that um, the end product, that the, the garment or the fa fabric, if you will, um, is the exact same. So there's no difference in that way. Um, and that means that we don't really have to compromise on the quality uh, of the end product. Um, for example, when we did um, a project or a launch with, together with Levi's, um, they did their 501s denim jeans and they replaced part of the cotton with um, fibers made with circulose. And that goes to show that quality certification of if someone like uh, Levi's with their legacy on quality um, and putting out their iconic 501s with circulose, there's really no, no excuse for anyone else to not do it. And what do you think are the biggest challenges um, that the Renew Cell has faced in developing and scaling the technology. And do you think that you have overcome them or you have that like a long way to go? I mean, there is always going to be challenges um, in, in scaling uh, technology. And um, it, there's different phases throughout the scaling process that requires um, and has different challenges to it. I think one of the key points to where we're at today is that we uh, went from um, from lab scale to demonstration scale. So we built our pilot plant where we could produce at industrial scale. Um, and that step is a big one. But once you've done that, you have the proof of concept that you can actually produce at the scale. Uh, and that means that the next steps are easier to take. So um, the, the challenges that we've had is, of course, to make sure that the technology holds at scale and how do you actually make sure that um, it's built for that. But then also the financing part of building a factory, because obviously there's going to be physical production and you need to build up that factory. And that's very um, capital intensive, of course.
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how do you see um, your technology and the broader textile recycling industry evolving in the coming years? Like you said, is it available to, to you know, for scaling? Um, are the fashion companies interested in using, aside from Levi's, I mean, that's a great incentive, but um, are fashion companies um, willing to collaborate with uh, recycling centers and clean tech innovation companies? I mean, sure. I think there's there's a great demand from from the brands and from the industry in general, and it's been increasing just in the last couple of years now. Where um, pressure from from regulations, pressure from the consumer, is actually forcing the brands to uh, make a change. But then again, you can come back to what kind of change are they making, and on what scale, of course. Um, and I think, I mean, there's there's there is a demand but we also need to see it move from conversation and demand to actual implementation within these brands so i think there's definitely potential in doing a lot more than they are doing today um in in different parts of it and i'm hoping for the future um that they the brand and the industry in general are, are will start to take circularity um more seriously than they have because it's not just um, a nice to have concept or something to think about. It's actually something we have to implement throughout the process because the fashion industry today is very focused on CO2 emissions and how we lower that, which is obviously a key point um, and, and something very, very important. But we're also missing out on um, the um, the focus on um natural resources and how we're exploiting them and how that affects ecosystems um, when it comes to land use and so on. And we don't really know what that kind of collapse will look like uh, when it comes to this ecosystem that we're affecting, especially if you look at growing cotton or or even the um, um, cutting down trees. So the deforestation that comes from producing viscose. Uh, has a very, very high impact on the nature and, and the ecosystems, which is something that has kind of been on the on the side from the CO2 emission focus that we have. And I mean, that goes back to circularity and how we can use the re- other resources, the natural resources when we produce, right? And that's something that I think and hope that we'll see uh, being more implemented and having a higher focus on that going forward. Yeah, fashion industry is also responsible for 20% of industrial water pollution. So that's also a, yeah, a thing that they should I mean, tackle. Yeah, exactly. It's a good point. Like It's not just about the CO2. It's about the, the water use. It's about the um, the pesticides and, and how we're affecting that. And, and I think that's something that we're not, we're not, we haven't focused on too much. And I mean, we need to be able to keep two thoughts in our head at the same time. Um, and not to say that something is less important, but to actually increase the focus on this as well. Because we see that, especially with polyester, you look at recycling of polyester, and that's obviously a key point when it comes to circularity. But the microplastic and the pollution that that drives is still the same, even if you use recycled polyester. So those kind of, um, yeah, definitely, the focus has to be a bit larger on, on different factors, not just the CO2 emissions. Yeah, but when you look, I mean, you're in PR, so I have to ask you this question. Um, well, when you look um, at the uh, fashion company, uh, how they're advertising their their um, sustainability goals, 
uh, it seems like everything is peachy, everything is great, everyone is sustainable. And since we're in the midst of greenwashing crackdown, um, how do you feel that your company is going to do with that? Like, do you think that it might be affected by the large amount of greenwashing happening in the fashion space? Yeah, it's it's obviously a very important and very kind of current subject, the, the, the conversation around greenwashing. And it's becoming extremely counterproductive in many ways, I think, in the focus on the conversations that we have around this. But I mean, yeah, in general, of course, there's um, I think it all comes ba back to transparency. Right. So if you can actually prove that you're doing something and what kind of impact that has and you can show the data for it, I think you're good to go in, in, in talking about it. But but of course, you're not supposed to communicate something that you're not actually doing on a larger scale and so on. But I mean, it's it's it goes both ways. We get, of course, a lot of uh, comments around our partnerships with with larger brands. And I understand um, and I appreciate the pressure that we're putting on them uh, from the consumers. But it's also important to understand that these are the guys that we need to be working with because these are the brands that we need to change, right? And they have such an impact on the industry, not just as um, producing companies and the impact they have on the environment, but also their leaders within any space. And they also have the financing to actually bring these technologies and solutions to market in a different way than smaller brands can. So in that way, they're, they're a good kind of way um, to actually scale especially when it comes to these kind of technologies. So um, it's not it's not to say that they're not facing challenges and that they shouldn't be held accountable for that or um, that the pressure should be on them for always uh, being transparent with what it actually is that they're doing. But they also need to uh, get credit and we need to encourage them to continue the journey of, of, of shifting their companies because otherwise this conversation around just blaming back and forth, it's going to take us longer time to get where we need to go. And we don't, we don't really have that time anymore, unfortunately. Um, but how do you communicate your mission and how do you deal with the public image of your brand of Renew Cell? Um, we, we launched our ingredient brand. So our product name, which is Circulos back in 2019. And we did that um, to make it easier to communicate our products towards the market and towards the consumer, right? So it's a consumer faced brand, even if our direct customers are fiber manufacturers or yarn spinners. It's important for us to drive the demand throughout the supply chain by partnering with the brands and also by um, um, telling the story around Circulos to the consumer so that the consumer in, in turn can actually demand and want the product. So Circulos is all about creating a sustainable, well, sustainable circular brand um, that's desirable for designers to work with and use for consumers to wear and talk about because that's how fashion works, right? That's all yeah. about creating something that's sexy and interesting. And for a long time, sustainability has been very outside that box. And we're trying with Circulos to make it a very simple story for anyone to understand, um, but also to make it something interesting, uh, you know, to implement. And, and, and I mean, 
personally, I think we're coming to a point now where, um, or slowly coming to a point now where a lot of the people that are interested within sustainability or how we dress ourselves or what we eat and, and how we live, they're already there. So if we want to bring on more people and we want to reach the broader mass with what we're doing uh, and we want them to change behaviors, we need to also think about that and, and have empathy for the way that people think about stuff so that it's not um, forcing them, but actually kind of communicating it or showing it or making it available uh, in a way that is more accessible to these people. So um, that's what we're trying to do with Circulus, to, to make it as fashionable and desirable as possible. Uh, even if it's a dissolving pulp, which is something that no one really cares about in the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and can you talk about new exciting projects or initiatives um, that you have in the works? Um, yeah. I mean, we have a lot of things coming. It's funny because I always say that um, that when we have a new colleague joining, I say this is the best time to join the Renew. So there's so, so many interesting things happening. And then my colleague says, well, you've said this for three years now, but it, honestly, we, we have so much, um, so much things happening within all spaces of the company, uh, everything from brand partnerships that um, is all about bringing circulars to market and to consumers, um, to product developments and R&D within the company and our products um, to make sure that um, we can replace even more virgin materials that are out there. Um, and then, of course, a lot of exciting kind of expansion plans for how we continue to scale our production and make sure that we can have an even larger impact. Um, uh, finally, I just wanted to ask you one more question. How can we, like people, normal people, not companies, get involved with, um, with RenewCell and support you in your mission to create more sustainable textile industry? Um a good question i mean you can only buy circular clothes from now on <laughs> <laughs> no but i mean as a consumer um i think it's sometimes it's and you think that the way that you um consume or what you do don't really make a difference because you're so small in comparison to the issues that we're facing but what's encouraging for us and what we see that are really in the industry is that the large large corporations they're looking to the consumers so if you're you want something and if you demand it that's where they have to go that's just how the market works um so i think it's important to of course look at how you consume and, and what you consume um but then i mean also social media engaging with us there and spreading the message because that's how we can also build our kind of foundation and platform to make sure that the brands that we want to work with um yeah acknowledge us well thank you nora i hope that this has been interesting to everyone wa watching or listening um so again yeah again thank you for taking your time um and being on our podcast and i wish you all the best um in your mission to save the world basically <laughs> yeah we'll do our best but yeah <laughs> bye thank you thank you so much Thank you for listening to Green New Perspective, where we explore the latest developments in clean tech and nature tech. 
Join us next time as we continue to uncover innovative solutions for a sustainable future. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned to more episodes. Until next time, bye!